I'm Chilanga. I'm Assist. And this is the C&D NBA show. Welcome. Uh, we've got special guest Assist on the show. Um, the uh, podcaster formerly known as Dylan. What's up, Dylan? How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, just really reveling in this win tonight. Okay, hold on. Why is the energy so low? The Timberwolves just beat the Trailblazers! No, it's great. It's Dude. great. I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't bring in the energy when I did. I will bring it for the rest of the show. You know what? You know what it is? It's that Jaden McDaniels didn't play, so you've got nothing to actually be excited about. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, do you see my tweet? This game would have been oh, yeah. over by now if Jaden had, had played. Well, if he'd started, it probably wouldn't have been a game to begin with. We would have won by 30-plus. <laughs> All right, before we talk about the games from this weekend, let's get some real stupid news. First, the Thunder trade Hamadou Diallo to the Pistons for Sfi Mikhailuk and a 2027 Rockets second round pick. What do you think, Bill? I don't know why they had to give the 2027 second round pick. I guess it doesn't matter because it, but like, what if the Rockets suck in seven years? Then that's a pretty good pick. Yeah, this this seems like a pretty good trade for the uh, uh, the Thunder, even though they've already got a billion and a half picks. Like, I don't think that they could have ever sold Hamadou Diallo for more than Svi and and a possibly pretty good pick, second round pick. So that's that's a good bit of business there. I guess so. I actually think that it's a good trade for the Pistons who are looking for anything, and Hamadou Diallo happens to be having a career year right now. Great defender. And has shown a little bit of on-ball skill and the ability to be a secondary creator. And they are very in need of finding anyone who can be a creator right now. Because all of their young guys, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, what's his face? Who did they draft again? Killian Hayes. No, Sorry, you're talking Killian about Killian Hayes. I'm talking about Mr. Yeah. Turnover, Killian Hayes. <laughs> uh, they, are, they are bereft right now of ball handlers who can make plays. So maybe Hamadou Diallo can develop into that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is just like a, a a great trade for both sides because the Thunder, I think, feel like they're closer to contention than the Pistons by a lot. Like, I think the Thunder, they have their guy, right? They have Shea, who they believe is their guy, and they've got all these assets. And so they're a trade away from having another guy because they have Horford who has the salary and then they've got this like treasure trove of picks. So as soon as that guy becomes available, then suddenly they'll be competing and Svi is much more useful for a competing team than Hamadou Diallo is. Whereas the Pistons are looking for anything that could be something of value. And Hamadou has more upside than Svi because he's more athletic He's he can handle the ball a little bit. I don't I'm I don't really know about that, but like he he's got that athleticism upside that Svi just doesn't have. I mean, he's averaging two point eight assists a game right now. I mean, that's something. I'm not saying that that's a primary ball handler, but that's somebody who can run maybe a second unit at times, competently. Yeah, I mean, I I think that I think that he's shown that if he has to do that. He can do that and compete against the worst team in the league doing that. Uh, <laughs> you know, hearkening back to when he played point guard against the Timberwolves and had eight assists, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think that this just makes sense for both sides. Uh, totally normal, solid NBA trade. Uh, more importantly to this trade, so this implies that they maybe think that Shea is the guy, right? 
Svi is a three. Oh, they guy. definitely do. So, but, and obviously, I have noticed OKC Twitter thinks that more than anyone. OKC Twitter, <laughs> if you say one thing about Shea Gilgis Alexander, they think that Shea Gilgis Alexander is better than Carl Anthony Towns right now. Whoa. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of toxic, to be honest. Don't bring it up to <laughs> OKC Twitter. But I don't think that. But the question is, is Shea Gildas Alexander a number one guy on, I'm not saying a championship team, but a championship contender? Maybe like a, somewhere below a jazz level, but like maybe a Suns level. Is he that type of contender on a best guy on a team? Will he be that? He certainly isn't now. I think that if he can develop his defense, like he, if he can use his physical tools to like become maybe not an all defense level player, but like near that, then we're talking about maybe a number one guy on a championship contender. But until that happens, he seems more like a two, a number two to me. That's, but he's still young, you know, he's, what is this, his third year? So if he's already a number two, then sky's the limit for him, right? I don't think he's already a number two. I mean, he's a number two one right now on like a maybe a play-in type of guy so i don't think he's a number two right now but i think he's a number three and i think that he could be a number one in the future my guess is that he is not my guess is that they are looking mm -hmm. or they will be in the future it may they might right now have the rose colored glasses on but I'm thinking in the future, in the next couple of years, they're going to figure out they still are looking for their piece, which they have plenty. Like I said, yeah, they have plenty of chances. They've got the Horford salary and then and so many draft picks. So the second that a star becomes available and they want that star, I mean, OKC will have the best package. No doubt. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that package. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next piece of news. Joel Embiid suffers a bone bruise uh, Friday night, and he'll be out for at least two weeks. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks, putting a, a, a halt on his MVP season. Um, it kind of seemed like Joel was running away with the MVP here, but now that he's going to be out for a couple weeks, the race might open back up. This is exactly why neither one of us picked Joel Embiid for MVP, though, right? So yes. it's... 100% not surprising. I'm not trying to like uh will that upon a player, but I, you know, it's something that we all expected. More importantly to me is how much of a window does this give to Damian Lillard? If he had Ooh. I mean, I think that this is the opening right now for him to at least enter the three-person conversation. Like LeBron's been faltering, Portland Trailblazers, I don't know what happened tonight. But they were still above the Nuggets before we played tonight. We're, how much are they? It looks like they are still a half They're tied. game ahead. Or are they tied now? They're tied now. Okay, I yep. just had to refresh my Google. Yeah, so they're tied. Really, if the Trailblazers finish in front of the Nuggets still, which is a possibility, especially with CJ coming back. I mean, Dame has been leading this team without their second and third best player. Yeah. And... And that's incredible. And he is so incredible. Like even tonight in the fourth, he was really trying to will it and he didn't get it done. And that's a testament to Chris Finch and to Anthony Edwards and this team and Ricky Rubio, who stayed calm and made his free throws. But like the trailblazers, I think if they are a top four seed 
in the West, I think we have to consider Damian Lillard at least in the top three of MVP voting. Oh, I I agree 100%. I'm I'm looking at the teams right now, and Utah doesn't have an MVP. They can't. Even I mean, Rudy Gobert, I think, deserves a nod, but like he's not an MVP. Phoenix, they don't have an MVP. LeBron, if if the Lakers go on a little run here without Anthony Davis, then like watch out for LeBron. But I just I don't really see them being like that level without AD. And then in the East, if Joel misses a significant amount of time, Giannis isn't getting it again. KD's not getting it because that team is too stacked. Like I I think if Embiid misses like three, four weeks, then it then it's a uh Dame and Jokic race, right? I think so. I mean, the one wild card right now who could get into it, who is not being talked about a lot, is Kawhi Leonard. He has improved his passing, really limited the turnovers in, in his game. And, like, he's not having necessarily a better season, and so I think people are overlooking him. But because nobody's having a stellar season, maybe Kawhi could get on it too, you know? I just I just think that if he's not already being talked about in the race, he doesn't have a chance. It's tough you know? with the narrative. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. tough. Um and I, I feel like the the bubble being so recent and and watching the the Clippers fail, I I just mm, I don't know. I don't know if he has a chance, but he's we will see. Yes, he yes he will. The uh Karis LeVert returned to the Pacers on Saturday after having a uh, carcinoma removed from his kidney, correct? Nice 13-point game there. I don't know yeah. uh, exactly what happened, but yeah. I mean, he he played really well, and uh, looking forward to him playing in the future. I mean, it is just so sad that like that's what happened, but I mean, also awesome that he was able to get a physical early on in the process. So I think the Pacers now are a threat. Like they've been faltering a little bit. They were 500 all season long, or maybe even a little bit above. But they yeah, dropped above. to like they dropped like to 16 and 20 with that. Yeah, Lakers they're 17 loss. and 20 now. Yep. And, and so now, with them beating the Suns, I think that they have a chance to make some waves in the playoffs. I don't. I definitely. I think they'll be in the top eight in the East. Oh yeah, I I think so. I think that they'll they'll rise above. I mean, if if Karis LeVert can return to the level that he was at right now, I like them more than Atlanta, New York, and Charlotte, which would put them at six. Um, but it all depends on where Karis LeVert is at. He hasn't played basketball in a minute. Uh, and it also depends on if they'll ever get TJ Warren back this year. Um, he's got like a foot injury that is really just not healing up, uh, which is concerning. But that healthy Pacers team, Brogdon, LeVert, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. Ooh. Yeah, that's a mercy. home court contender, you know? Or at yeah. least top four, you know what I mean? Yeah, no no super-duper star, but, like, that is a good-ass team. All right, and the final piece of Real Stupid News is the Timberwolves are going to allow fans in the arena beginning April 5th. Shalanga, Dylan, how do you feel about that? You have season tickets right now. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I I could go I could go see a game on uh, April fifth if I want. Um, That's true. Chalanga's all vaccinated. In case you guys don't know, yeah. And so, how since Target Center is classified as an open air arena, 
they can have up to 10,000 fans, which is over 50% capacity. I thought they um, were doing 25% on April 5th. That's what I heard. No, that was just a number that I said because oh. I thought the tweet would be funny. <laughs> but the actual fact of it is that indoor arenas can have 3,000 fans and outdoor events can have up to 10,000. Or open There's air. not really a open yeah or open air and the target center is classified as an open air arena so they can have up to 10,000 fans. I don't think that the target center is going to have 10,000 fans right away. The target center usually doesn't have 10,000 fans. <laughs> um, but uh I, I think that they're going to do more of a gradual uh deal cuz they're really only opening it up to season ticket members to start and there are not 10,000 season ticket holders so well you're going to have to figure out with my dad how much money you owe now with all these games coming up that you're going to have to go to <laughs> <laughs> no i got to i got to call my ticket rep yeah i got to see how they're doing this um cuz cuz they've already decided like they've already pushed our purchase this year to next year so i don't know how these games are going to work oh um, that's weird okay Yes. I don't even know if next year's going to be totally normal. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how the vaccinations go. Um, but this is this is all very weird. I, I mean, this this is, you know, three, three and a half weeks from now. So we could be in a much different spot three and a half weeks from now for better or for worse. <laughs> so we'll see. But it's promising. Let's take the wins when it we is. can. Yes. Should we talk about the Timberwolves? What are you talking about? Of course, we should talk about the Timberwolves. That's the one thing we can't. Should, everyone should we talk about the games now? That's yeah, let's talk about the games. Anyway, the oh, Timberwolves had a back-to-back <laughs> against the Trailblazers this weekend. On Saturday, they lost a close game, one twenty-five to one twenty-one. But tonight, baby, they beat the Trailblazers one fourteen to one twelve. That two-point score doesn't quite reflect the game because the Wolves had it in the bag for like the last two minutes. So, I feel good. I feel really it- good. We split it, baby. That's all we could ask for. This team is not ready to sweep the Trailblazers in a two-game series. But well, the the crazy thing is that the 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 unavailable list was long. No Delo, no Culver, no George, uh, Jordan McLaughlin, no Jaden McDaniels, no Malik Beasley. Ed Davis was available, I guess, but he may never play again <laughs> this season. He may never play again in the NBA, and that's, you know what? Shout out to Ed Davis. But yeah, missing uh, uh, a bunch of players and some of the Timberwolves' best players, and they were still able to split the series. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns under Chris Finch has turned into an assist god. Tonight he had eight assists with seven turnovers. (laughs) That's what Uh, I was going to (laughs) say. On Saturday he had five assists, but his passing looks good. A lot of his a lot of his turnovers, I feel like, are offensive fouls. How many of those were offensive fouls? That is a good question. He did have five fouls. Uh, yeah, tonight. I feel like. Well, he had four fouls actually because that uh, Rocco one got reversed. Oh, got overturned. Thankfully. Yep. 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 But I'm. I think at least two of those turnovers were offensive fouls. So I'm. I'm gonna say that because the only reason why I'm saying that that's okay is because that doesn't start a fast break and that doesn't lead mm-hmm. to points immediately. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, cat had a really good passing game and he will continue to have really good passing games. Like those well, and a couple, are... a couple of those turnovers too, were missed defensive fouls that he didn't get the call on, but should have gotten the call on and the ball went careening out of bounds. And, you know, 
So true, true. Uh, yeah, the whistle was really difficult for the Wolves tonight. It was it was definitely leaning toward the Trailblazers. And you know what? Damian Lillard has proven in this league that he uh, deserves the whistle. I get it. He gets the superstar whistle. But at the same time, like the refs were definitely very lenient on everything that Damian Lillard was doing on offense and on defense. He was doing the electric slide into Ricky Rubio and then he gets called for the, and then Ricky Rubio gets called for the charge. I mean, it was ridiculous. I'm so glad for instant replay in this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the, the, and then the foul where he pushed off of towns and towns was just straight up. And there, there was really no body contact after Dame pushed off. And that, that was called a foul for day, whatever. Um, look, here's the other thing is that Towns had so many amazing passes that winded up in missed open shots. There were at least three wide open three-pointers that the Timberwolves missed after great passes by Carl. Chalanga went viral for it. He said that if the Timberwolves players could make open shots, he'd be averaging eight assists a game. He aver- he, he, he got eight assists today. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks to the Rusty Buckets retweet, uh, Chalanga got 256 likes. Oh, it's higher than that now, baby. Oh, I bet. I bet. It's... <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about Jalen Noel? I'm writing about Jalen Noel tonight after this, actually. Eesh. But he's been on fire since Chris Finch took over. He's averaging 14 points, 3.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists on 50% shooting from three. Ooh, baby. I am. I was very nervous tonight that I was going to have to braid my pubes. To be honest, he was really close. Like if he, if if Chris Finch would have just been like, "Hey, you know what? Go with the hot hand. I'm going to close with Jalen Noel." I would have probably had to braid my pubes tonight. Damn, I didn't realize it was your pubes. I thought it was your head hair. It wasn't my pubes to begin with. But shout out to at Mini on top Nate, and then whatever that slash is that's straight up and down pain thank you so much for the interaction uh he was he was wondering which hair i was braiding and it was going to be my head hair but after he wondered that it turned into my pube hair so thank you nate Payne at mini on top on twitter sick sick well yeah too bad you didn't get have to braid it but jalen noel's been good Uh, this is this is what i've wanted to see out of jalen noel um a few pods ago, I said that he would be a better player than Jaden McDaniels in two years, and I stand by that. The dude is a microwave. When he's hot, ooh, he is hot. Yeah, I and and he's not that much of a negative on defense either. Like he has interesting plays, and he has the size to be able to guard the one or the two guard, depending on who he needs to guard. And really, like. That's a perfect pairing. If he, if he and Josh Okogie can play on offense together, and that means that both of them are going to be, have to share ball handling duties a little bit, which is questionable on both ends, mm-hmm. they're perfect defensively because Josh can just guard the best player on the opposing team, the best guard on the opposing team. And then Jalen Noel can just guard the one or the two, depending on who is worse. And I just love that, that one, two pairing right there. Well, the problem is like a a fully healthy wolves team is going to be Rubio, Noel and a So the ball is going to be out of Jalen's hands 
to start with. And then he's going to be competing with Josh and Rubio to have the ball. And that's not a lot of shooting surrounding Jalen. And so there, like, there's opportunity. Like, if he's hot, the defenses can really focus on him. I don't know. It, it's weird watching this, like, super limited Wolves team and trying to, like, put the pieces back together, you know? It is weird. And it's also, like... Juancho Hernan Gomez has shown that he kind of deserves minutes. Like everyone on this Wolves team kind of deserves minutes in the NBA at times, at least. And so it's really tough. This is such a tough team to delegate who the top 10 are. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be up to Chris Finch for that. But also I think it's going to be up to Gerson Rosas to have, I think he needs to do some sort of two for one, three for two trade where we can kind of, limit our rotations a little bit and solidify that top eight guys where we know who's going to be playing every single game because mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. Jalen Noel right now, like he deserves minutes and I don't want Josh Okogie playing the three, but I do think that he has, he has a role on a solid team as a backup. Yeah, I agree. Especially the way he's, his confidence seems to be back, which is good. He he looked really shaky at the beginning of the season, but he's like back to Jim had this really funny line about Josh Okogi. He was like, you know, Josh Okogi is he, he's just always doing things that you wouldn't even see on the court that make the team better. And I was like, that is such a compliment for a player who's not very good. <laughs> I was like, oh, if you just watch Josh Okogi, he does all sorts of stuff that you don't see that is so good. <laughs> but he does. Well, let he me also see it, does Jim. That. Yeah, he he does. also does that. Like, yeah. I he is the small Jared Vanderbilt on this team. I mm -hmm. love both of them, but they're carbon copies of each other. <laughs> Question, who led the Timberwolves in plus minus over the last two games? Jake Lehman. You are incorrect. The correct answer is Jared Vanderbilt. Of course. He was a plus 11 tonight in the win, and last night in the loss, he was a plus one. Yeah. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt brings energy. I get it. I don't mm -hmm. think that he is necessarily a great player. The other thing about Jared Vanderbilt's plus minus is that he is going to be brought off of the court very early in the game. Like he, the first He's substitution, the first sub, yeah, yeah, the first substitution in the game last night was Jared Vanderbilt for Jaden McDaniels. Mm -hmm. And so, when you are the slowest amount of minutes starter, you automatically have a better plus minus than the rest of the starters because they have to play with worse players. So I get it. I also want to take that with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the, I will say though, Jared Vanderbilt is kind of, is he's growing on me. I oh, he's, no. he's no, 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 no. I, I don't think that he's, I don't think, I think that Jade McDaniel should start over him, but he's growing on me as far as like his, he's starting to be in the right spot offensively more often, which is good. Or at least not be and, in the wrong spot. He's not in the right spot because he can't make mm -hmm. threes yet. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, he can't make threes. And he, he takes the ball up the court too often. And like he can't because he can't do anything with it. And so like when he grabs the rebound and goes, 
it's not a fast break because he has to slow down if there's anybody in front of him. And so it's like, it would be more worth it for him to just kick it off to someone else right away so that they could maybe get a fast break out of it. He is so fast though. He is so fast, which is why he needs the ball out of his hands and he just needs to sprint the court. That's what happened when he grabbed the rebound, passed to ant and then sprinted down to the paint and ant hit him for that running layup. Like, that is Jared Vanderbilt's role. He does not need to be bringing the ball up the court. Yeah. As Chris Finch says, the the, uh, the break starter, not the point yeah. guard. He calls He's a break finisher. Break starter. He is not a break starter. He's a break finisher. Exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards, though. Over the last seven games, since Chris Finch took over, Anthony Edwards is scoring 20 points a game, 6.1 rebounds, 2.6 assists, Dylan. He is starting to look like a number one pick. Yeah. I, the one thing that I'm wondering is, is there enough time left in the NBA for him to surpass LaMelo? I don't know. But what do you think, Chalega? Uh, look, LaMelo has the narrative on his side already. People have already finished the race and they've said LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year. And, like, I don't think that they're necessarily wrong. He's having a great season. He's averaging 15.8 points, 6.1 rebounds, 6 assists on 38% from 3, 45% from the, from the field overall, 80% from the free throw line. I mean, he's having a great season. He's got a 3.2 BPM. He's having an incredible season. <laughs> he really is. For a and he's, yeah, he's contributing to winning and he's been starting for the last 15 games or so. I really think that there is no chance for Anthony Edwards at this point. He's going to have to score. He's going to have to average 20 to 25 points a game for the rest of the year in order to get back into the conversation. But, or maybe if he has a 50 point game, <laughs> which I mean, I'm I not going to rule out. <laughs> But yeah, he's going to really have to get the narrative on his side. And the Wolves are going to have to win a shit ton of more games. So uh, it's just going to be tough. That's what I was going to say. The The Wolves are going to have to go on a significant run if he has a chance. Right now, his BPM is negative 5.1. Yeah, the BPM <laughs> fucking sucks for him and Jaden McDaniels. I don't understand why it sucks for both of them. I mean, maybe it's just be, it, maybe it's singularly because... Anthony Edwards, when he is off the court, the team does better. Maybe it is. It's definitely it definitely has to do with defense. But uh, I well, I and I think his like, his shooting percentages are so low, like yeah, they're so low. He's gonna have to really limit the jump shots that he's taking and mm -hmm. get to the rim and just have. Right now, he's not a three level scorer. Like everybody's been saying, he can kind of score on three levels. That's kind of true in theory. But he just needs to realize that he's a two-level scorer. He's at the rim, and he can shoot the three, but I don't want to see him dribbling a lot before he shoots the three. Yeah, no, me neither. As far as Jaden McDaniels plus minus, I just think that, like, uh, BPM, excuse me. I just think that per minute, he's he's not doing that much. You know, like, he's being fairly efficient. He's just not doing much. You know what I mean? I I think that some of it is just like, yeah, you have to contribute to the box score a little bit in box mm -hmm. plus minus. I mean, that's the name of the fucking stat. And he yep. doesn't contribute everything in terms of box score. And that's kind of what I've relegated my thoughts to is just like he does 
he's the Josh Akogi. Uh, Jim Pete was talking about Josh Akogi saying like Josh Kogi does so much stuff that you don't see, but like Jaden McDaniels does all of those things and we do see it, but they don't necessarily get reflected in the box score. All of the shots that are altered are not mm-hmm. included in box plus minus. And I think that's probably part of it because he is really altering everything defensively when he's on the court. Yeah, he must. He's definitely has the tallest standing reach of any Timberwolf. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he looks so tall. He looks like he could be six pushing 6'11 right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's he's barely shorter than Carl if he is. Yeah, and uh, and his arms look longer than are in his profile because I think his profile says like six ten, six eleven, and he looks mm. so long. He just like Very everything long. that everything that he doesn't contribute in terms of weight, he already contributes in terms of length. Like his length can make up for a lot of this because when people are pushing off of him, he can still reach to where that person is shooting and still block the guy. And that's what his biggest asset is right now until he gets his weight under uh, under control. All right. The Wolves this week have a match against the Lakers. It looks like at Lakers on Tuesday and then a back to back at the Suns on Thursday and Friday. So. The Wolves are facing two of the three best teams in the West this week. So this will be a really good test of what this uh, incredibly limited team <laughs> can do against the best. I don't think that J-Mac will be back on Tuesday. Either J-Mac. Jaden definitely won't be back on Tuesday. Jaden probably won't be back so. for either of the back-to-back games either. What game is Malik on now? Malik must be on game like six yeah, I guess so. I haven't been counting. Damn. God, he's going to be out for so much longer. D'Lo returned to his first on-court practice today, I think. Um, so he is nearing a return. Maybe we could see him on Thursday. But man, Culver, I don't think we'll will play until he's traded to another team. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Jared Culver, go. Earmuffs. Earmuffs, Jared Culver, go. Earmuffs. <laughs> Um, but I just hope that we could see some competitive games over the over the next week. I think we will. I really think that the rest of the season, I know that the Timberwolves have one of the most difficult strength of schedules of the second half of any NBA team. But I think that the Wolves will get close to 500 for the rest of the year. I'm so high on Chris Finch right now. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> I don't care what anybody <laughs> thinks right now. I think that the Wolves will be solid. We are looking at, I think, a one and three stretch with those two Suns games and the Lakers game, but it's going to be okay. I think the Wolves will be close to 500 wrapping up the season. Ooh, I mean, not, not I love not that fiery hot take. Wait, wait, wait. Not, not overall 500. I just mean starting from the Pelicans game moving forward. That's right, right, when we're right, going right. to be 500. I feel you. All right. Well, this has been the CND NBA show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CND NBA show. Send us an email at cndmba at gmail.com. Tony, if you, B, listen to this on, you know what you fucking did? If you listen to this on two times speed, this part is going to be very fast for you. If not, then you're fine. Shouts to, what was the name of that guy on Twitter who gave us props? I want to shout him out. Shout out to Rebecca Johnson. <laughs> I, I got a crush on you. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Rebecca. Shouts to Shenka1. Jan six, how do you, never forget what for the, hell, the love you, on Twitter. How do you spell that? Uh, S C H E N C K A one. 
Oh. Yeah, Shenka won. We appreciate the love. Uh, shouts to Charlie. Of course, we shout him out on every pod, but he finally heard it. I guess that we know how much he listens to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shouts to Ben Kinkwali again. It's been a while. Um, we love all of our fans. We love all of our listeners. Have a great night, and we'll see you uh, on Friday, I guess, or Saturday, maybe. We'll see. Bye. Wait, what? I thought we were gonna. We usually do a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday pod. I know, but we got a we got a Thursday Friday back to back this week. Oh, so we're gonna have to. Okay. Well, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we'll hear, we'll we'll be back again soon. Maybe we'll talk about those Suns games next Monday. Who knows? Bye.